All right, last question comes from Jaden. I'm interested in doing a pop-up dinner or eventually an event, hopefully in the future, but I've never been to one and I'm having a hard time finding pop-up dinners. How would you go about finding pop-ups? What resources do you recommend to help find and experience? So my first question for you is who is the pop-up tastemaker in your area? The person who has the number one food blog, the person who is the Instagram influencer, the person who has the YouTube channel or the travel guide or gets featured on the articles in your local area and what pop Pop-ups have they been to in the past? And if you can, ultimately, I end up making friends with that person, sending them a DM and saying, hey, next time you get invited to a pop-up, I'd love for you to just send me a DM or can I get on your newsletter or whatever that person has where you can get a heads up about where pop-ups are coming from. Just that will take a bunch of the work off of your plate and onto theirs. The second one, and you've probably tried this, but I think this is kind of a reverse hack, is to search best pop-ups and then your city and then find the venues that hosted those pop-ups because you you, that person might not be doing pop-ups anymore. This might be kind of like down the, you know, in the past. But what helps me is trying to identify who's hosted pop-ups in the past, getting in touch with those venues and saying, hey, do you have anybody who's been asking to do pop-ups at your place? And then they'll give you the name of the person who's been inquiring because that's how I tell people to get pop-up venues. And this will also help you find your places in the future because you can see examples of how did they set up the kitchen? How many guests were they able to do? How did they do decor? Were they offering cocktail pairings? All of these questions can get answered if you get in touch with the venues, not the people hosting the pop-ups. And the last point, which is kind of a macro view of pop-ups, and I know that I've shared this in the past, but it's it's worth re-saying again. Pop-ups are intentionally temporary. It's it's very rare to see someone who is continuing to do pop-ups for two, three, four, five, six years. It's very rare. That usually transitions into private events. That was what I did. I moved into an event production company. There's often people who will turn it into kind of like a rotating space that has kind of like a seasonality to it. I often think of like uh, Flynn McGarry with Gem in New York. And then also it might go to like invite only. I think about like Max Shapiro with Oxalis where he has a huge waiting list for his pop-ups, but he's a real estate guy. And then he does dinners when it makes sense. And he just pulls from that wait list where he doesn't ultimately offer tickets open to the public. But again, with pop-ups, I think there aren't rules to them. And so I think people get this over-romanticized view of, oh, I'm going to, you know, start this from the ground up and I'm just going to put up a ticket page and people are, I'm going to price it in, in a really affordable way and it's going to be casual and it's going to be exactly what I wanted. And then everybody's just going to buy and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to make a bunch of money in one day, the same amount of money that I used to make in a week, I'm going to make in a day. And they don't often factor in all of the other headaches. And all of us know that when you do a pop-up, it's not just the day of the pop-up, right? Like there's two days of planning and logistics and phone calls and emails and staffing and sourcing and writing and ticket pages that lead up to that day. And then there's obviously the day itself. And then almost always there's a day after, right? Like you're so tired. You say, oh, let's clean up this tomorrow. Or, oh, let's go back and do a walkthrough of the venue to make sure we left it as clean as we needed to. Or, oh, we need to kind of like do the social media posting after or edit the content like there's all the things that needed to be done afterwards so people think that oh pop-ups are amazing because I'm making so much money in one day they, but they don't extrapolate it out across the entire workload that was required for a pop-up and that's again why I think they're temporary that's why I think people kind of over romanticize them because it sounds so cool one night only I'm at this place I'm getting to do whatever I want when in reality there's so much other complexity that underlies a pop-up I want all of you folks to crush it at work but if you're in an environment where you feel like growth 
growth is hard to come by, it can be frustrating, especially considering that you're probably sacrificing a lot to be in your current position. Just hoping that someone will teach you the skills required to improve can feel like crossing your fingers and holding your breath, and you waste months or even years with that strategy. To solve this problem, I just relaunched my completely free five-day kitchen productivity challenge, taking content from my full course, Total Station Domination, and structuring it in a way that gets sent straight to your inbox, again, absolutely free. If you want skills that I've used in high-caliber kitchens to push myself beyond where I thought my limits are, there's a link in the description of this podcast where you can sign up. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Let's dive back in. And so when I think about dinners and I think about the people who do them in the best way, I think about the people who remove as much risk as possible. So how can I make sure that at least 50% of the seats are already sold before I even launch it? How can I have a excited group of people, whether that's an email list or Instagram followers or, you know, like loyals at a uh, winery. So it's like, how can I partner with a winery so that they sell half the tickets to their wine club members? Or I can, to that point, have wine sponsored. So it's like, I'm not, again, remove risk, remove risk, remove risk. People who kind of like take profits from event number one and buy a full silverware plateware set so that they don't have to do rentals for pop-up number two, or we're going to take dishes that work really, really well. We know they're going to crush. Those are the ones that are going to be the menu because we're just trying to build the audience. Again, how can you remove risk as much as you can? And I know I'm giving a lot of this advice and it might make sense here, but I heard this great quote where it's like, you, you, you know it up here, but you need to feel it here. And so you might need to just go make those mistakes. That's totally fine. But if you're going to take a word from the wise, try to remove risk, try to uh, get connected with people who have done it before, and try to understand that this is a temporary thing and you should try to track it towards a longer term goal. Do you want to go into events? Do you want to own a restaurant? Do you want to launch a brand? Do you want to capture content that helps you get more opportunities in the future that can help you get your next job? If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate a review of this show on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify to help the podcast universe know that people like us like shows like this. Regardless, I'll see you in the next episode. My name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.